Captain's Log, Tuesday, July 30th, 2019. I'm at the Rio in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm here doing a week of shows at the Comedy Cellar. That's what I do for a living. I'm a stand-up comedian and a producer for the TV show Impractical Jokers. It's an interesting week to be here. There's a Star Trek convention happening, and the freaks are out in droves. From coast to coast, diehard fans have gathered to show off their new intergalactic tattoos, spend their hard-earned money on rare memorabilia, and sport their bootleg secret language t-shirts that emulate everyday brand name logos with a pun that refers to the mythology they subscribe to. It's a vacation from the mundane. The humdrum everyday life that affords them this blissful respite is back home in wherever USA. And for a few days in the steamy Nevada sun, it's time to be a kid again. The melting pot has been stirred. Political stances don't matter, neither to socioeconomic status, sexual preference, or any of the divisive elements of modern human life that force us to pick a side and stay divided. Not this week. This week it's about the Trekkies being together as one, sharing stories and moments that bring them close together. Small groups begin to subcongregate all around the resort. You could tell who was here for the conference by their purple and green lanyard and laminated badge, but the alien makeup sort of gives it away first. Even the subtle businessman checking into the event with a skip in his step gets a nod from another fan when he notices a Starship Enterprise tie pin. He's in. He's here with his people. I'm watching a middle-aged Midwestern couple with matching Spock ears mingle with a slutty androgynous Captain Kirk speaking a language they uh, only understand and laughing with a familiarity like they've known each other forever. Meanwhile, fat regulars wander by in their vacation gear, roly-poly beer-bellied men in board shorts and their salt life t-shirts, their gross feet and flip-flops, complete with a bottle opener in the heel glaring out of their sides their eyes at the gaggle of freaks, amused but annoyed by the colorful carnival appearing before them. What's up with these weirdos? These weirdos are a part of a counterculture, a community of like-minded individuals who are chasing moments provided by their muse, a TV show that first aired in 1966. They are part of the collective that gets off on this thing. We all get off on a thing. This happens to be theirs. There's some normals walking around who are bashing them. These same normals who bash these diehards for dressing up in outfits that they spent hours hand-making would step over their own sick grandmother to catch the latest episode of The Walking Dead or a fantasy football draft. But if they don't accept it, it's lame and a waste of time. Me? I'm not a Trekkie. I never got into any of the TV-based galactic vehicles. I choose to visit space via live music particularly the music of Fish and the Grateful Dead. So I totally understand and appreciate this gathering of chasers. Those scared to hear in the next newsletter that some once-in-a-lifetime experience occurred at the 2019 Vegas Summit, a moment that will never happen again. And after all this time invested, they missed it. I completely understand how they feel. I feel a sense of camaraderie with this conference. As I wait in line for a coffee, I begin to think about my dedication to the band Fish and how every show I miss hurts in a way I can't really put into words. But those who get it, get it, and I don't have to put it into words. I chase the moments, and I have chased their moments for over half my life, and I don't regret a single day or dollar spent. 
it hit me that two years ago today, Fish was eight shows deep into their now legendary 13-night residency at Madison Square Garden called The Baker's Dozen, providing yet another unmissable experience that provided fans with 13 individual nights based on donut flavors that set the theme for the music of that evening. What band does that? Tonight was Jimmy's. And that only matters if you get it, which is fine. And we'll get into all that later. I wanted to tap the Trekkie in front of me on the shoulder and let him know that I got it. I understood the whole thing because my favorite band makes me do things like this. And how we have parody t-shirts that only we understand too. And that we have a mythological world as well called Gamehenge, written by the guitarist for his senior thesis at. But I decided to keep it to myself and just enjoy the sights. I completely get this way of thinking, and it's eerily synchronistic that this event is happening right now in Vegas while I'm here working on this project. I was hung up on how to start, and as if the god of the geeks sensed my pain, he sent a convention to my feet to clear my mental blockage. Allow me to explain. I have been a geek for the band Fish since 1994, my sophomore year in high school. Already a disciple of the mystic Grateful Dead, my friends and I collected and traded live concert recordings, our version's baseball cards. One of these friends, Dave V, asked me as I handed him some new Dead tapes, Hey, have you heard the band Fish yet? If you like the Dead, you'll love them. He handed me the band's New Year's Eve show from 1993, a crystal clear FM quality copy. You have to remember, this was before iTunes, so all live recordings were done on tape. Maxell XL2s. This moment would change my life. I hit play, and the energetic sonic boom that came out of my stereo had me jumping and dancing and flipping out like never before. I needed to hear more. I needed to know everything about this band. I had spent my childhood feverishly studying my dad's and my uncle's record collections, and music has always been a medicine for my anxiety an instant friend in moments of self-doubt and incessant mind chatter. But nothing ever felt like it was mine. That was my dad's music, and that was my uncle's music. From moment one, Fish was my music, and I was on board for whatever adventure they had in store for me. And boy, did they have some in store for me. The next quarter of a century has been spent listening, learning, missing, traveling, exploring, sacrificing, and enjoying the moments this band has provided me. And I just can't seem to stop. I'm creeping up on 40 years old, and since I was a teenager, there have been two constants in my life, anxiety and fish. I feel like I have grown up with this music as a friend, a companion that I could turn to at any time life got to be a bit too much. Even now, in my late 30s, I lean on fish in important ways. I travel incessantly as a comic, spending weeks like this one alone in a hotel, away from friends and family. But at any time, any day, I could turn to my old buddy, put on my headphones, close my eyes, and escape. And I'm home again, smiling and ripping air guitar under the lights with 15,000 of my best friends. So, I decided to take a look back on why I follow this music. And I've decided to talk to some other members of my community and friends about the moments I've chased and continue to chase. And what follows is a small example of a dedicated fan, one who is proud to be still chasing. Now, please proceed to chapter one. 